The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Thursday, November 18th, and we head into week 11 with a fantastic, well, fantastic, a um, historically reminiscent matchup that will feature just like a Super Bowl once did. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman calling a Patriots and Falcons game. We're going to break down all the gambling angles, all the prop angles, all the DFS angles on this podcast. If you want to see the DFS stuff, you have to get that on YouTube. YouTube.com slash pick six. We will have it exclusively there. We also do live shows Monday, Thursday, and Sunday nights, as well as a Tuesday afternoon mock draft show. And uh, usually uh, Thursdays at 1 p.m. pick show. Obviously, the schedule will change for the holiday, but we will let you know about that. Joining me to break down Pat's, the freaking boss. Uh, actually, I'm not going to try to do a Boston accent, but uh, you can do a Boston accent, Tyler Sullivan. Pat's at Falcons. What's up, man? Yeah, it kind of just comes uh, with the territory here. So yeah, yeah. I mean, right. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not a judgment thing. I mean, it's like you just speak and, you know, that's just how it works. Yeah. Um, for some reason, because it's weird, though, because there are some people that, like, I grow up with that don't have an accent at all. And then it is odd. It, my, my, like, br- my brother and my father are worse than me, but it's, it's, uh, it's weird that, like, some of my best buds, like, don't have one at all they're like how you doing I'm like, there's okay. a couple words you say that like I, like i never want to say anything when you say it but like i like i enjoy hearing it i can't I'm, I, I when i hear it i'll let you know but um, yeah, i'll tell you i'll tell you it comes out a little bit more when the drinks start flowing for some reason oh so i'm that, sure there's I mean, yeah. there's something in the dna for a for a boston, a boston that, that's the southern thing too like you could have a like i don't really have a huge southern accent i don't think but like and I, but and I, I i have friends who like you know you start drinking all of a sudden it's like well you know like you get real twangy uh, anywho, oh, hey, perfect, perfect uh, blend there because the Patriots are visiting the South. They're headed to Atlanta to play the Falcons. Patriots are winners of four consecutive games, playing some good football. They have nuzzled up to the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East. They are just a half game back of Buffalo with two matchups against uh, the Bills left to play. People are getting hyped about Mac Jones. Bill Belichick is chuckling at press conferences the defense is playing well and meanwhile the atlanta falcons have creeped their way back into the playoff game and they just got absolutely blistered by the dallas cowboys on sunday humiliating effort for atlanta and they fall to the basement of the nfc south which 
you know, if, if Atlanta could find a way to win this game, would be going into week 11 with every team above 500. A little surprising plot twist over there uh, down here in the South. What do you think about this game? Patriots are seven-point favorites on the road. Opened up at, um, I think, five and a half. And it's gotten all the way up to a juiced set, juiced towards the Falcon seven. The total in this one, pretty high, 47 and a half, Sully. Yeah, I like the, actually, you know, I like the Patriots, obviously. I cover them, I follow them, but I like my bank account a little bit more than, than, than the local football team here. So I do think that that's a pretty big number for this team. And that's a little surprising to say, even with this being a road short week and all of that, because the Patriots over this winning streak have been outscoring their opponents 150 to 50. It's just been an, a remarkable turnaround for this team this season. But when we're looking at it from a betting perspective, I just really like taking the points here with Atlanta, especially after that blowout loss to Dallas. They'll try to get recalibrated, refocus going into this game at home. The Patriots, you're traveling. Yes, they're, 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 you know, they've had a great run over this winning streak and their defense has been playing great. Mac Jones seems to be getting better every week, but that just feels like a too big of a number. I still like them to win this game, but it's probably a field goal game more than anything. Yeah, I bet it at um, and I put it on like because I do. I put my bets on Action Network just because you know, we got to track them somewhere. And I bet uh, I bet the Pats at minus six. And I, I like the Pats a lot when I saw five and a half. And I think we, yeah. Yeah. I think we talked about it on our on our uh, on the podcast on the early odds look ahead, which we also you can watch on YouTube. We do that on Sunday afternoons uh, or Sunday evenings, I guess. I I think I said I thought the Patriots would we could see that creep out. Um, yeah, but it all, it all depended on how the Pats played and how the Falcons played and so I think that's a bit of the that's a bit of the reaction sure. uh, to, to what we saw I mean you know the Patriots looked dominant and the Pats got, I mean the Falcons got absolutely smoked New England now has a top 10 they're number two in scoring defense they were top 10 in scoring defense for the 10th year in a row uh, including this year first team since the 96 to 2005 bucks to do so we can lament Bill Belichick's whether his defense is elite or not, all we want in various years, but it always comes in in the top 10 in terms of scoring defense. Patriots are also unbeaten on the road this year, 4-0. The last time they started 5-0 on the road was 2017 when they went to the Super Bowl in Minnesota and lost to Philly. They have never missed the postseason when starting 5-0 on the road and have made the Super Bowl the last three times of note. They're 5-1 against the AFC this year, 1-2 against the NFC, beat Carolina, lost to Tampa Bay and New Orleans. So trying to go 500 in the NFC South. Um, Mac Jones, six wins this season, tie for first all time in Patriots history. Suffice to say, he should he should he should hold the record. Of course, Tom Brady didn't you know, not wasn't playing as a rookie. Did he? I don't think he started one as a rookie. Did he? Nah, uh, no. He appeared in a game, uh, like a game or so, maybe a game. In 2000, yeah. But then yeah, his first start was. His first start was like was against the start. Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, it was after the Bledsoe injury yeah. against the Colts. First start was against Manning, too. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's probably how those guys lined up for the rest of their uh, careers. The Pats are tied for first in rushing TDs over the last four weeks. Second in attempts, 144. They are second in the NFL in rushing yards the last uh, four weeks with 625. And second in rushing first downs with 41 should surprise no one that they are 4-0 the last four weeks. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, they've been dominating on the ground. Mac Jones continues to be efficient. He's not winning these games for New England, but he's not losing them either. You know, that's a that's a huge distinction. He's not throwing these, these killer interceptions. He's not turning the ball over. In fact, even when they have turned the ball over, he's actually shown some really nice resiliency to kind of come back in, in, in whether it's a, you know, the De- Dallas game. I know this is before the, the winning streak. That's a great example, though. He throws that pick six to Trayvon Diggs on the very next play, 
he throws a touchdown pass, you know, moves the Patriots back into the lead. He's been doing that type of thing throughout the season, even when he makes those mistakes, which is encouraging. I absolutely agree. I'm just trying to look at what the let's see. I would have. I mean, all right, let me ask you this before we get to the game itself. Do the Patriots have a 2001 feel to you? Did we did we talked about this, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we yeah, talked yeah. about this. This is the well, this is the model that I think a lot of people were looking at going into the season. You know, hey, listen, you have a young quarterback. It's very similar in terms of how you might want to bring up a young Tom Brady in the sense that he's, like I said, not going to win you many football games right out of the gate here, but he'll be able to manage it and move the ball down the field if you set things up for him. He's accurate. He's smart. He knows he's, he's really coming along in the offense quite well. Josh McDaniels has kind of sung his praise in that regard in terms of absorbing what is a very complex offense with the Patriots. And so you have that, and all of a sudden the defense is starting to be opportunistic. I believe that they are either second or third in the league in interceptions this year. I mean, they are just been, been very good at getting a nose for the football. Matt Judon's just been an unbelievable addition there, something that I said in the offseason. It reminded me a lot of Stephon Gilmore, a guy that was very good in his previous spot, but felt like you know it was a very aggressive addition by the Patriots in a similar sense to Stephon Gilmore, where yeah. they feel like they can unlock certain things. He's already, I think, at his career high in for a season in sacks in its week you know it was week 10 last year so he's yeah. just been what last week he's just been an, a great addition to this team it's when i, I mean i remember saying at the time the stefan gilmore signing because gilmore was a free agent it's like man yeah you know, i love gilmore coming out of coming out of south carolina when the bills took him in the first round and it, it was you know just the, the way the coaching changes were working it just didn't they didn't want to retain him they didn't want to give him an extension like doug whaley had fired rex ryan i think when he became a free agent, at any rate, Gilmore was sort of an under the radar talent who was allowed to hit free agency. And when Bill Belichick like dropped a like made it rain right out of the gate in free agency, like that's the first thing that happens. There was a clear cut sign that it's like maybe Stefan Gilmore's better than we all think, and turns out he was. Um, Judon, same sort of thing, a, a, a little different coming from the Ravens, where sure. he was actually I mean, it, very, very similar. Very I think that's a good call. The Pats are fifth in pass defense DVOA, 13th in rush defense DVOA. The Falcons, not quite as good. 30th in pass defense DVOA and 22nd in rush defense DVOA. They're the 31st ranked defense in the NFL. The Patriots, the fifth ranked defense by the advanced analytics. So, I mean, look, Matt Ryan was horrendous last week. He put up 0.68 fantasy points for me. That was not, that was not great. Not um, great. Kyle Pitts is the leading receiver on this team. Calvin Ridley remains away, uh, working on you know dealing with a mental issue. Best of, obviously, best of luck to him. It's it is, it's good that in 2021 you could actually do that because I don't think you could do that 10 years ago. Or I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it would be treated the same sort of way if you just For stepped sure. away from football to work on your mental mental wellness. Um, Matt Ryan, 0 and 4 all time against the Pats, including the Super Bowl. 65.9 yeah. percent completions, five touchdowns, one interception, and 284.3 passing yards per game. So he's actually been pretty good against the Pats, but just has never managed to beat them. Um, as you you like the Falcons plus seven, yeah, I'm gonna take the Pats minus seven, and I understand that it's like it's definitely a donkey play. I, I would clearly you clearly prefer six or five and a half if you jumped on it early, and that's why you want to bet those early. Don't hate a teaser option for a Thursday night. The over under though is intriguing, and, and look, I just think it's Atlanta's in, and it's worth noting. The last couple of primetime games. Oh, not, I guess not the last couple. What do we have on Thursday? Last right. Thursday was Dolphins-Ravens. Right. Okay. So 
Thursday, Dolphins, huge underdog at home. Take care of business against the Ravens. Sunday night, Raiders got railroaded by the Chiefs. But that also was kind of a surprise because I think the Raiders were probably popular. And then on Monday night, everyone thought the Rams were going to kebab the, the 49ers and San Francisco absolutely annihilated them. So expecting the Patriots just to come in here and obliterate the 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 excuse me the Falcons, I can't name like three other animals, is a little bit of fool's gold in the sense that just be not fool's gold, but just be cautious because we've seen these primetime games flip on people. I still think the Pats, I think the Falcons are so hapless against good defenses and good teams that we won't see Matt Ryan be able to muster much of anything. But the Patriots also might be willing to let the Pat let the Falcons hang around and come through the back door late. I, that's entirely possible too. What's your take on the over under here? Uh, see, I think this is going to be one of those lower scoring games. Yeah, just, me too. Beca- just because I think that Damian Harris, who's been practicing this week, is going to be back. You saw what Ramondre Stevenson can do in a in a more an expanded role, giving the lion's share of carries. If all of a sudden they want to just start rolling with those two, Mac Jones is still somebody who they're not going to just open up the offense for. Mm-mm. It's just not how they want to play this, play their game. It's it's almost very similar to the 49ers in a sense, where yeah, they're gonna kind of you know move the ball a little bit down the field through the passing game, but their bread and butter on first and second down is gonna be to run the football. So to me, that just completely limits your ability to stack a bunch of scoring plays together. I believe what was it last week? I know that I know the 49ers had a huge one on on Monday in terms of uh their uh, chewed up a ton of time running the football. I think it was something like what? Like 18 plays over 12 minutes or something like that. The Patriots had a similar one against the Cleveland Browns too where they just completely chewed up clock early in drives. that game. Yeah. And like so that's- that's what they want to do. They want to, you know, again, it's a little bit different, obviously, from week to week. But if they can all of a sudden just completely drain the clock with one drive, that changes the whole landscape of a total. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a lot of injuries that that hashtag matter on this game. Uh, in particular, you know, if, if, when we're looking at props, and we'll get to those in a second, but Damian Harris is – was and it's – Maybe do we need? Maybe we need to push this podcast back to four. I thought we would get the injury reports for two East Coast teams who have already practiced and had their coaches talk to the public by the time that we kick this off. And like it's literally three forty-five p.m. on Wednesday as I'm talking. And no, Sully, I already looked. They haven't sent them out. Uh-huh. I, I refreshed. Um, Damian Harris was limited on Tuesday with a concussion. Brandon Bolden limited with a hip. Trent Brown limited with a calf. These are all Tuesday injury statuses. Shaq Mason limited with an abdomen. An abdomen, abdomen, um, and Johnny Smith limited with a shoulder injury on defense. Kyle Duggar, Donta Hightower, Jalen Mills, Kyle Van Noy, Dietrich Wise, Josh Uche, and on special teams, Jake Bailey and Nick Folk. Now, again, all Tuesday statuses. We should be getting the Wednesday statuses pretty soon. W- what is your sense, you know, watching the team closely on like who's going to play and who's not going to play? Ramon J. Stevenson played so well against uh, Cleveland, the rookie running back, that it may make sense for Belichick to say, you know what, we're going to keep Damian on ice for another week. Or it may not actually doesn't matter because it's a concussion. Yeah. Um, you know, he'd have to pass the protocol. If he isn't full practice on Wednesday, I think he may be ineligible to play. Yeah, I think he'll play. I think he'll pass protocol. He was on the practice yep. field this week, like you said, in limited fashion. John U. Smith, and I was just reading this from Mike Reese. Uh, he was the one who made the uh, John U. Smith made the trip. He is traveling to Atlanta, so it looks like he's going to be back here. Who's someone who I find pretty interesting if when you know once we start talking about you know DFS and first touchdowns and all that kind of stuff, because they fed him the ball pretty early on, if you remember, all the way back. A few weeks ago at the start of this winning streak against the New York Jets in the early in that game before he went down with that injury they were just feeding him the ball in a very similar sense 
to Robert Woods with the Rams when there was all this chatter of when he wasn't playing well, or wasn't getting involved. Very similar there. So I'd be curious to see what it looks like when with him back in the fold. But to me, I think you're going to see a lot of these guys back, whether it's Damian Harris, John New Smith. I think Trent Brown probably plays a little bit. They limited him in his return, but he was great, and he, he was dealing with that calf injury. So they're probably just taking him along slow because he was out uh, basically outside of the opening drive in week one. He was out up until last week. So, again, they're just taking it slow with him, but I expect all those guys to play. Okay, so you think that this is more of like Belichick? Because Belichick likes to do this sometimes. He likes to uh, he likes to spray the injury report with guys who are questionable, and it's probably so people for he's done it for years, and mostly so you know sometimes he'd put Tom Brady on like a you know, non-throwing like a, shoulder yeah, thing with like, Tom Brady. Yeah, he, he likes to make life difficult for for other teams by being honest on the injury report. You know, just load it up and and, and let people deal with it. The big one for the Falcons, I think, is Cordell Patterson, who yeah, is absolutely. somehow limited after suffering a, ma- a kind of a major sprained ankle or not a high ankle sprain, but an ankle sprain last week. The idea that he could come back and play on Thursday is ridiculous. Arthur Smith said on Wednesday that uh, Patterson will be a true game time decision, which means for Atlanta props, Atlanta running back props, Atlanta wide receiver props, um, it, you know, first touchdown score and, and all these different things, those will be dramatically affected and we probably won't have a whole lot of them. What, you know, uh, Hayden Hurst is the other one too. He did not practice on Tuesday with an ankle injury. And I am curious to see whether that means they like slide Cal Pitts more in line to try and block. But if you do that, then you lose one of your best wide receivers or, you know, I, like th- how they operate with that game plan. And then the Patterson injury will be very interesting to see what they do. For sure. And one thing I wanted to bring up here, too, because we were talking about, obviously, like the spread and all that. Yes, I like the Falcons with the points here. But if we're talking just if, if you're just a, a normal average Joe money line guy, you would look at the Patriots in this one, not only because of the winning streak and all this stuff. Bill Belichick this year has been dominating first year head coaches. He's mm. 4-0 against them, whether it's uh, Brendan Staley, Robert Sala twice. Uh, who was the other one? Uh, it's escaping me at this point, but. It, they, he's just been absolutely dominating these first-year head coaches this season. So, to me, you're looking at another one here with Arthur Smith. I would take that. Uh, the other one would have been, oh, well, they beat but didn't dominate the uh, Texans. So Sure, yes. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so Colleen. I mean, he's, yeah, he's undefeated against um, rookie head coaches. I mean, that's, you know, and he's beaten up on some young quarterbacks know. who, you know. That's that's what he does. Matt Ryan, a veteran. Arthur Smith, you know, has had a lot of experience in the league, but is a rookie head coach. And, you know, Belichick can take advantage of a lot of different things that people do. Um, so, yeah, the, the injury report is certainly going to inform a lot of, of what we do. To your point on the Pats money line, you have to lay that, you know, you, you have to lay 300 to win 100. But right, right. the other option might be, let me see if I can find this. If you want to. Because also on Thursday night, I don't want to bookmark it. There is a college game, Ooh, Louisville at Duke. Louisville's minus fourteen hundred. I mean, that's yeah, it only gets it down to like minus two thirty three. So I was sure, I was I was hoping to find something where you get yeah. it down to like minus one fifty. Pats and Louisville just have to win on the road, and uh, but Louisville, Duke's that bad that that number is extremely uh, jacked up. So yeah, I mean, I lean under here. The 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 size the number itself kind of spooks me it does it does and i do wonder if it's just if we're if we're staring at a matt ryan mac jones chucking it all over the field i believe the last time mac jones was at uh the the atlanta stadium i think it's mercedes 
Dome Stadium or whatever, Mercedes whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mercedes-Benz Stadium yeah. was the 2020 uh, national championship with Alabama. So I don't know if there's something there where he's feeling the old Crimson Tide magic, but oh, I don't know. Good. Man, yeah, Cam Newton played in State Farm where he won the BCS last week. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, look, you win a national title on a field. That field's probably pretty special to you. Yeah, for sure. So I, I mean, they, I, could, I mean they, they could open it up and and we'll get to this in the DFS section. I don't need to go this long with this stuff, but they, but we don't have a ton of props either. So um, they, like, they could open it up against this Atlanta defense and, and yeah. let Mac throw it around. That would not be entirely shocking. And if Jonu Smith is fully healthy, again, he reportedly making the trip to Atlanta. That is that is full Voltron with this with this uh, with this offense now, where I think that's what they've wanted to do all along. We've seen obviously these past few weeks here that the chemistry between Mac Jones and, and Hunter Henry has just been yep. off the charts. Two touchdowns last week, four for four in terms of their targets. If all of a sudden you can start to get Johnny Smith rolling, that's something that I think they want to do now. And if that's this could be this unveiling where hey, Johnny Smith's healthy, this is the offense that we want to run on top of the running game. So, yeah, I could certainly see that. I, I just have a really hard time when you run the ball so well and so effectively with Ramondre Stevenson and or Harris, where that's just going to limit a lot of your opportunities, especially on a short week, too, where we've seen, I feel like, these games have gone under, have been lower scoring. Do I have – I need to – you know what? One thing that might be worth at least looking back on is – so Belichick, Dean Pease is former Pats defensive coordinator. But after the Pats, he jumped to the Ravens, and then he uh, jumped to the Titans. Then he retired. Then he came back with the Falcons. It, uh, I may be worth a look to go and see how these Josh McDaniels offenses have performed against Dean Pease's defense. It's something I could have done before the podcast, but didn't think about it until we started. I mean, I'm just, I'm just sort of, you know, Dean Pease is an aggressive type of uh, defensive coordinator, you know, and he, I would think, I mean, if I'm Dean Pease and I'm the Falcons, I am loading the box. So I sort of wonder if the Pats might say, all right, let's come out and run a bunch of play action early and take some shots down the field to Hunter Henry, to Jacoby Myers, uh, Kendrick Bourne, who's, who's flashed a little bit in these last few weeks, and let Mac Jones really get things going, force the Falcons to you know, sort of abandon their game plan, drop back, and then you lean into it and just pound, 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 pound. And, and if you do that, you make Matt Ryan one-dimensional and – as we'll get to after the break, uh, focus on one guy who may not be available for certain reasons. Uh, all right, so I, we're both on the under, and I like the patch. You like the uh, you like the Falcons here. You get it. It'd be, it'd be, I think it would be sevens a lot on the road in the NFL. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back. Player props, passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. So the, the name I mentioned before is, is Kyle Pitts. Belichick was asked in his press conference on Wednesday about Kyle Pitts, effusive praise all week long about Pitts. And who can blame him? The, the, rookie, the rookie wide receiver. The rookie tight end has looked the part, even if he hasn't put up the numbers I think people expected. He is, I, I believe, a top five tight end in fantasy football, which is sort of what people were hoping he could become. I like his under-receiving yards, though, Sully, because, mainly because I think we have a long history of Bill Belichick saying, I'm going to shut down your best option. And when you have Russell Gage, Lamedia Zacharias, TBD on Cordero Patterson, and if Patterson's there, it maybe changes things up a bit. I think Belichick loves Patterson too. Uh, was he Patterson on the Pats? He was, right? Patterson, yeah, was with the yeah. Patriots. I think that was kind of where he was super unlocked in terms of the backfield and all that. Exactly. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. we were all like, oh, yeah, like let's let Patterson run. And it's like, oh, he doesn't just have to be a wide receiver. Um, I personally, like, I love Cordero Patterson as a player. I hate him from his time in college because he ruined NC State season before it began and uh, basically cost David Amerson $25 million for his performance in, in that opener. Uh, at any rate, um, I think Kyle Pitts under 63 and a half receiving yards. It's come down a lot. It was at like 69 and a half or 66 and a half. If the, the all right, two, just a couple of stats here to note when Kyle Pitts, his yards per route run, this is via, via Ian Harditz of PFF. His yards per route run against cornerbacks, 1.85, which is 87th among 142 qualified wide receivers and tight ends. When he's against safeties and linebackers, 3.04, which is number 11. So he's been setting up to play better when he's going up against traditional safeties and line, you know, like a traditional tight end would. When he's matched up against cornerbacks, he's not playing well. Bill Belichick probably knows that. So it is entirely possible we see a cornerback with safety-shaded help against Kyle Pitts. The Patriots have allowed the fewest receptions by tight ends this season, 29, and the third fewest receiving yards, 295. Kyle Pitts, third in the NFL among tight ends receiving yards with 606. So I'm not sure if it's a something has to give situation, and I do think Cordero Patterson affects it, but there's a very good chance that Bill Belichick says, you're not beating us with Kyle Pitts, and we only lose this under if it's a sort of a garbage time, Falcons are chasing and just chunking it down the field and he gets open. Yeah, I do think it's interesting that you point out, too, like you could maybe put a corner on him and, and, and do some safety help over the top. That is kind of something that the Patriots have done in the past when they face these number one wide receivers, mostly. Whether it's like, like if it was Julio Jones in his prime that they would play, it wouldn't be Stephon Gilmore that's over the top on him, shadowing him for the entire game. Gilmore will shadow the number two guy, and then you'd have a J.C. Jackson and McCourty over the top. I'd be curious to see if you have a Jalen Mills, Kyle Duggar kind of combination attack against Kyle Pitts in this game. Duggar's been coming along a little bit. He had that interception. Duggar's playing good football. 
yeah, he's he's been playing really well. So I do wonder, and he's been that kind of, or at least has been projected to be that Patrick Chung type of player. Adrian Phillips has also been playing well in the safety spot there as well. So I could totally see them doing something along those lines and leaving J.C. Jackson on an island to just shut down Russell Gage and just make that make that a living hell for Matt Ryan. Absolutely. That's, that's I mean that's the what that's what they do is they double up the because you know we would always see like Rex Ryan. And other, a lot of other defenders are like, all right, we're taking our best guy and putting him on the best option. Belichick almost prefers to take two guys and put it on the best option and then let the the top guy go one-on-one against a lesser option. Because, and it, if you, I mean, if you think about it, it makes total sense. Yeah. You know, Jalen Ramsey can be, uh, you know, washed out one-on-one occasionally. Good luck beating two guys whose whole job is to stop you. I mean, you know. Right. So, so to me, that's the, that just makes a ton of sense. That's probably, at least you'll see that, 75% of the time, you know, there'll probably be an occasion where you'll put, you know, you'll get caught with a linebacker on them. Maybe it's it's some sort of shakeup and, and Juwan Bentley's accidentally on them. And sure, you could see that happening. But ultimately, the plan of attack should be a corner or a safety over the top or however they're going to do it against Kyle Pitts because that's what Belichick does. He said that. He, yeah. They take away the top option for them. So to me, that makes a lot of sense. Um, for me, you know, we talked a little bit about it. The one thing that I was looking at with Mac Jones, the under, I think you're under on attempts. I'm under on completions for him. I had written down completions and then attempts popped up, so I swapped. Sure, sure. I mean, either way for me because yeah. I think that those two – I mean, if you're betting one, you might as well bet the other just because he's been so efficient with his passes. He's throwing like he's completing like, you know, whatever it is, 17 of 19 for for a game or something like that. I mean, he's in his be... personal high with uh with um 86 83% 82.6% completions last week, 198 passing yards on 23 attempts. Whew. And uh man, so he had a yeah, and a, and a lot of that was done in the first quarter. That was a sure. lot. A lot of that was, you know, whether I think it was thirteen to fifteen for like a hundred and whatever yards. Um, but to me, again, they just don't drop him back a ton. Over, you know, they they figure out what they what Mac Jones does well over the first few months of this season. He was dropping back a ton. It was like yep. you know just way more than you than you really want a rookie quarterback to be doing. And over this winning streak, they've kind of figured out where okay, we can run the ball well. We don't have to expose him this much. We can move the ball kind of a dink and dunk, get let him get into a rhythm here type of offense. Uh, over this over the season, that under on this passing uh, completions with 23 and a half has only gone over, I believe, like three or four times or, or whatever. It, not a lot. It's it uh, it went over in week one, week three, and he had 39 dropbacks. Yep. Week three, he had 51 dropbacks chasing points against New Orleans. Uh, week four. Four in that without Tampa game was weird, and you can't run against Tampa, so you know that's that's a good point there. Uh, against the Jets, it is weird that it went over against the Jets 24 36, and they put up 54 points. That's because Bill Belichick hates the Jets and just wants Correct. to keep yeah. piling I mean, that's it a, on. That's that's a, a, you're gonna keep there. passing, and we're gonna embarrass the Jets, is what that is. But the big thing there is three of those four games where it's gone over have come in the first month. Correct. That's um, I think that's exactly what you need to look at when you're talking about the Patriots. They you know, that stupid expression. It's a, it's a, the the first month is an extension of the preseason. It's dumb because the games actually count, but they do take that time to feel out what their offense does well and what they haven't done well. They were losing over that stretch. They've changed some things up. Mac Jones is not dropping back as much, and they've been winning these football games. I think that's going to continue here on Thursday. The first five weeks of the season, he averaged 38 pass attempts. Over the last five weeks of the season, he's at 26.6. That's way down. So, yeah, I think the under on pass attempts and the under on completions is perfectly fine. As you know, the, again, the 
I don't even know that. I mean, the, the one the game the one game script where you get screwed is if the Falcons come out like the Niners did on Monday, and Mac is first for, first. Um, that was, that was like maybe a, he's first to throw. Um, he's forced to throw a bunch of times and drop back a bunch of times as the Patriots are chasing points. That's, well, it, just, it just depends. That that really depends on how the defense responds because you saw that last week. The 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 the, uh, the Browns came out immediately punched the Patriots defense in the mouth with an opening touchdown drive where it seemed like they couldn't do any wrong. I mean, Darnus Johnson I think piled up like fifty plus yards on that opening drive alone. And then after that, it just kind of all fell apart for them. Defense was able to shut them down. They got a turnover, and it, it changed the landscape. If that continues, if all of a sudden it turns into a ball game, then sure. But this there is a, obviously a, a you know a, a, a cause and effect here with the defense as well. If they start shutting them down, they're not going to need to throw the football. They're just going to hand this puppy off and go. Yeah, exactly. I think there's a really good chance that we Matt could have ten or twelve completions in the first quarter, like you talked about against Cleveland, and. They get a lead. The defense is playing really well, and it's just the Ramondre Stevenson, Brandon Bolden, maybe Damian Harris show. And if that's the case, I don't really see a path where, I mean, Atlanta can put up some points in garbage time and it maybe have some drives, but if they're forced to just drop back Matt Ryan every single time and their running game isn't very good either, like if the Patriots get a double-digit lead, it feels like a, a, a real possibility for a blowout. The To the point about the under before, the two games that concern me are 54-13 over the Jets and 45-7 over the over the Browns, where those games would have gone over, you know, easily over 47 and a half, but you wouldn't have felt like it. Yeah. You know, like if you told me the, the Browns scored seven points, I would have been like, all right, cool. We won that under 45. And that was that was not the case. Just a just a thought process yeah. uh, there. Also, I have Hunter Henry anytime touchdown plus 210. And Hunter Henry, two touchdowns in the game, fifteen to one. I love those numbers. Yeah, I would. Nice. I would bet ten to one on the two touchdowns. It's, again, it's not likely. It's ten to one. You know, I mean, but I think it's entirely possible that Hunter Henry uh, is just continues to be a red zone, an efficient red zone weapon for Mac Jones. And as much as Stevenson can and Damian Harris can run well in the red zone, you know, you're going to see plenty of pass attempts inside the red zone. That wouldn't be shocking at all. You actually like the over on Henry and Kendrick Bourne receiving yards. Yeah. For the Henry, Henry one, it's a little interesting because it's 30 and a half. He had that last week, a little, he was four for four with his, with his, uh, with his targets. He went over that. I think he had like 37 receiving yards. So it's, he's minimally going over and you talked about it. Huge red zone factor. That's where his bread and butter is made. But there have been some signs over these last few weeks where it's starting to translate in that middle portion of the field outside of the red, you know, inside of the red zone, where I just feel like it's coming along. That confidence that bo both of those guys are getting in the red zone is now starting to translate in other areas of the field. There was one throw in the second half last week where Mac Jones dropped back, threw it in a on a dime. Oh man, that throw coverage. was incredible. That sideline, side unbelievable throw. anticipation too. It really was. You know, you've seen this a couple of times. He's throwing it before Hunter Henry even makes his break. He knows exactly where he's going to be. And to me, that's the confidence that both of those guys have been building. And it's showing up in the red zone. But I think it's going to start showing up here in the middle of the field. You saw it last week. You saw it in the Chargers game a few weeks back, too, where they just connected on an absolute deep bomb. So to me, that's one that I think I'm, I'm almost projecting a little bit. I think it's coming at some point that these two are going to really rack up a huge game yardage wise, more than just the, the red zone attempts.
Well, and, you know, Sully gets his numbers usually from the gambling column that he writes on the particular game for CBSSports.com. Go read it. Check it out. And, you, you know, you grab those numbers on Tuesday night when you're writing the story from uh, from Caesars. The digits for those guys, uh, Hunter Henry's up to 32 and a half, still right. juiced 125 to the over, and uh, Bourne up to 33 and a half. Um, so up a, up a, up a yard there, juiced 130 to the over as well. Wouldn't be surprised really if there's no, I mean, I don't think those numbers are getting up to 40 or anything like that, but I could see 35 and a half if, you know, if, if, if it feels like the, the targets are going to be concentrated on them and, and maybe if no Damian Harris, they pass a little bit more early on, just like they did last week. And one of those things, and the other thing with Bourne too, and, and Henry to a degree, those are starting to, we're starting to figure out Mac Jones a little bit more. We're starting to figure out who are his guys, quote-unquote, in the offense? Who is he looking at? Who does he like the most? Certainly, it's Hunter Henry in the red zone. But everywhere else, it's starting to be Kendrick Bourne. It's starting to be Jacoby Myers. Those are the two guys that really have been seeing a ton of action from him. Nelson Aguilar has kind of slowed up a little bit, hasn't been that type of impact receiver that the Patriots have wanted so far, especially down the field. But Bourne has been somebody that Mac Jones has had a lot of success throwing to. He's gone over this total. We'll see if it goes up. But the 32 and a half, he's gone over that total in five straight, seven out of 10 games this season. They connected on an unbelievable, another unbelievable catch and throw uh, for a touchdown 23 yards last week against the Browns. That Their relationships are building as Jones is feeling more comfortable in, in, in his rookie season. So to me, those two guys are trusted options. I think he's going to keep throwing them, especially on a short week where maybe there's not so much game planning and they're just kind of, all right, let's go what we know. Yep, I, I tend to agree with that. All right, uh, first touchdown-wise, there's not a lot out there because of um, what we have, the, the issues that we have with um, you know the the running backs, right? Yeah. There's no Cordell Patterson on there. There's no um, – uh, there's no Damian Harris on there. Kyle, there is uh, Jacoby Myers eight to one. I love it. It's like finally he scores a touchdown, and now he's eight to one to score to be the first touchdown scorer. What are, what are we doing here? Uh, maybe maybe finds the end zone again though. Who knows? Mike Davis positive touchdown regression or whatnot. Mike Davis eight and a half to one. Please don't bet on that. Kyle Pitts nine and a half to one. Again, love Kyle Pitts. Have him in fantasy. Need him to do well. Don't think he will. <laughs> Just I mean I think they'll double cover him in the red zone. Hunter Henry uh, is now 10 to one for first touchdown. I like him at double digits. It just wouldn't be shocking. You know, I mean, look, you can easily get Ramondre Stevenson going in there uh, or Damian Harris. Something, you know, maybe something weird happens with the, uh, with the Falcons as well, but Kendrick Bourne, 12 to one, Russell Gage, 15 to one, Olamide Zachariah, Zacchaeus, 17 to one. No, thanks. No, uh, Mac Jones, 22 to one. Is he even running the ball? No, and I saw his rushing totals was like four and a half. I'm like, I'm not going to bet this, but like, don't like, why would you even put that up? Like, it's not like he's a, he's not running around. I think he, he's run like once or twice this year. So it's not like that one. I, I don't love either, but for Against Hunter, the Saints, he had six carries for 28 yards. He's gone over that number three times I against the Jets, that. three for 19 and the Chargers four for 10. I've watched him. I've watched every snap of him this season. It's not. He's not running. They're not running the football. It's more, if anything, he, has, he maybe has to scramble and break contain. Right, that's right. It. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. When the offensive line was in shambles, he's running for his life a little bit more. Now that Trent Brown's back, I think things are going to be solidified a little bit more. They're not going to. They're not having him run the football at all. I do find it interesting though with Henry. Like, don't you feel like him and Myers should be swept with odds? If anything, 
Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Hunter Henry should be like seven or five to one or six to one. I think the way I, he's just been targeted in the red zone is crazy. The only, the only thing that I could think of, cause I was scratching my head is like, why is, why is he 11 to one or 10 to one now? And the only thing I can think of is just, do they think it's just odds are, it's just not going to continue. Are they just playing the odds where they're like, Hey, listen, they're not going to throw to him every single game. He's not going to score 17 touchdowns this season. I'm, I'm sure, I guess, but what we've That's seen like, so far. That was far. like his thing in, in Los, San Diego and Los Angeles is he yeah. was a red zone behemoth. And now he's got a you know a quarterback who, and I guess Mac Jones not necessarily used to throwing to tight ends. And I'm trying to think, I mean, who does he have as tight end? Nobody really at Alabama, right? I mean, he had no, Devontae. It was, was Devontae and Waddle. Waddle, yeah. I don't think, he never, I mean, Mac Jones may have been in the red zone like three times last year. You know, it's like they just scored on bombs or like, or, you know, they would just, uh, they would they would just give it to Najee Harris and, and and let him do the dirty work. So yeah, I mean, I, I I think I would be interested in looking at Ramondre Stevenson, but I would I'm guessing he comes in at something around six and a half to one, depending on Damian Harris. Actually, on my hashtag, my local, I may have. Does your local have Brandon Bolden at all? Or does uh, Caesars have Brandon Bolden? I don't know if I saw him on there. Did Caesars Caesars did not have Brandon Bolden, right? Let me. Uh, I think let me look taken up. out. I think they took out the whole backfield just to to cover themselves. I was surprised that they still have this up on mine because usually this stuff gets taken down. Oh, Damian Harris five and a half to one. Ramondre Stevenson six to one. Quarter Quarterl Patterson nine to one. Jacoby ten. Hunter Henry ten. Mike Davis eleven. These. I mean, Kyle Pitts twelve. Wow, that's actually probably a better. Brandon Bolden thirteen. I don't love thirteen, but. JJ Taylor's 17. What are we doing? Yeah, yeah, no. Like, like, if, like if Brandon Bolden was 17, I'd be like, all right, well, you know what? There's he, yeah. he gets some red zone opportunities there. He's 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 somebody, he's their third down guy. He's their James White. So whatever you thought of James White in the red zone, there's you know, Brandon Bolden's kind of that same, that same odds. New England defense at 25 to one. I don't hate. No. I would add that. If you can, if we have, I don't think we have, we never get defenses on Caesars. If you have New England defense at 25 to one or better. I would probably sprinkle on that. But I mean, that, you know, you're asking for a lot there. The JJ Taylor, I mean, this is, again, these are just a joke how low they are. Yeah. Hunter Henry's going to get down to eight to one. I should probably go ahead and bet Hunter Henry. Yeah. Hunter Henry's, again, the one that makes the most sense. We both have him. He scored seven touchdowns this season. Four of them have come in this winning streak, two of them last week. Yeah. They're just, they're, they're firing on all cylinders in terms of the red zone. And, and I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but their red zone efficiency over this, this, uh, this winning streak has just been absolutely night and day better as to what they did starting the season. I think just for the first six games, again, these numbers are roughly the numbers, but it was around 44% conversion rate in the red zone over the first six weeks. Now it's over like 70-something percent, 76% in the red zone. It's just been off the charts good, and that's really been the Hunter Henry effect. Yeah, and Hunter Henry inside the 10 this season, six targets, four catches, four touchdowns. Pretty good. He gets open. They go to him. They have plays designed for him. Inside the 20, 10 targets, six catches for 38 yards. I mean, he, yeah, this is this is a guy who's he's getting 31%. Oh, man, he's getting 31.6% of the pass, passing targets inside the 10-yard line. So, I mean, it's, it's either pretty healthy if, you, share. If, you think, if you think the Patriots are going to score first, and there's tons of reasons to believe that as seven-point road favorites, Hunter Henry, Ramondre Stevenson, and then depending on if Damian Harris is in there, I mean, you could just load up on those three guys and hope it's not a bomb to Kendrick Bourne or something. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that I would that would point out too, and you know, I'm not you don't really want to get too much into coin toss, you know, conversations. But the Patriots, if they ever win that thing, they always defer to the second oh, half. That's a good point. That. So good that point. would mean that would mean that the Atlanta Falcons would get the ball to start. You know, there there is that thing to think about there as well. So maybe there's a 
Kyle Pitts roots well, and I would guess I would guess defense. too that if the if the Falcons win, they'll defer because they know everyone knows that the Patriots defer. Right, which is which I think is so stupid. Like if you want the ball first, don't play Jedi mind tricks. Just yeah, yeah. take the ball. But that's I'll, all. I'll try and play forty chess with Belichick. Uh, exactly. By the way, Hunter Henry tied uh, for tied third overall in the NFL in touchdowns from inside the twenty, and very high up there in terms of uh, target percentage as well for guys who qualify. You know. And not kind of like, man, some of these guys get, geez, tons of targets inside the 20. Um, anywho, that's it for, uh, we got on the, we got on the props. We got all the props in there a little bit longer than usual, but that's cause it's, you know, Falcons, Falcons, Patriots hate week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I loved, uh, I love the Falcons tweet at halftime against the Cowboys. We get it. We get it. We know. Yeah, we yes. Go. Please don't tweet us and let us know. Uh, all right. If you want to check out what we have to say about DFS, pop on over to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash pick six. That's it for the audio show. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys later. Ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular. Go, go, go! Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made. <laughs> This is getting exciting. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.